0: And now, for the thousands in attendance and the millions of people that wish they were sitting in front of my bar at the moment, welcome to the eighth episode of At The Bar with Yo Adrian, where I explore the lives and times of some really interesting people. And one of those interesting people happens to be my first female guest, and it's a good afternoon to Gabriel Johnson. Hey
1: Adrian, thanks for having
0: me My pleasure, before we go any further As everyone knows it comes on my program You've got to have a drink Now Gabriel told me she doesn't drink A lot of my guests don't drink lately But I've given her a mineral water I've actually got a Glenfiddich 15 year Cherry cask, beautiful single malt scotch This one, so I'll have a little bit of a sip of it now And don't forget my
1: cup of tea as well Got a herbal tea on the side
0: She's had a herbal tea also
1: Yeah.
0: So let's get into it Gabriel And it's a pleasure to see you
1: Great to see you too. We've
0: been bumped into each other at open mic. We have first yeah. Sunday of every month. This lady, I had to get her on my show because she's been like a breath of fresh air. But I haven't met a genuine person like this person for a long, long time. And she's out there helping her local community, and I'm sure she's going to mentor the next generation of great singers and musicians. Oh
1: wow! Thanks. There you go. It's <laughs> my PR new PR part. PR agent.
0: <laughs> now, you're a former Bridgetine Ramwick College girl with a passion for your local community, which I've already mentioned, and you've had some sort of uh, association with a Catholic Church. Correct. Now, did, did that love of music stem from that connection with the Catholic Church?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I come from a musical family. Um, yep. My uh, maiden name is Smith, so I was Gabrielle Smith growing up, and um, I have one of seven kids, and we all played music of some kind, so... My eldest brother got the guitar when he was about 10 or 13 for his birthday, yep. and then down the line everyone was taught guitar, and then we started singing at our local church and went from there.
0: And your mum's Euna Smith? Correct, yeah. Which she taught uh, my brother, and she taught myself actually too, yep. in a couple of the musical classes along with Rod Zitch. Uh, yeah,
1: Marcelin College, Ramwick.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. she was, she was a very, very keen on uh, improving the kids with their debating and their public speaking. Loved it. And she got herself involved in all the musicals too.
1: Yeah, she was a great uh, advocate for Toast Mistress in the day, back in the yeah. day. And singing, whatever she, she loved, anything uh, to do with getting people out of their comfort zone, helping them with their confidence, whether that be through music or public speaking, drama. She loved all of it,
0: acting. Yeah. Now, I went to Antioch, but I went for different reasons, but... Because I remember, Antioch used to be. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was after Mass on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it was different different things at different times. All right. So well, I
0: yeah, it was. I remember after Mass on a Sunday, I went. I was chasing a few girls at the time that I had my eyes on, <laughs> and I'd sit <laughs> down wouldn't there. Have been the first. Yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't have been the first. Yeah. yeah do you remember those Antioch days? Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And well, how did that influence you? You see? Uh, oh,
1: well, um, I guess to backtrack a little. We started out at OLSH Roundwick was our first church because we lived in Roundwick. Yep. Then we moved to South Coogee in the late 60s and um, then we were part of the Maroobah Bay Parish and Maroobah Bay Road, which is now St Mary's St Joseph's as people would know it today. But back in, in those days, it was St Mary's um, Maroobah Bay and so um, we were in the parish there and we would sing the play at all the masses and things. Yep. And Antioch was born in that parish um, Ron and May Parola, uh, Mavis Parola were the were the beginning beginnings of that Rigottis were in that parish And a number of families that started Antioch in um, Well I, I guess it was I don't know if it was Australia or it was Sydney I, I'm not sure but it was certainly So I attended the very first Antioch weekend with my sister Dominique And I was part of, always part of the music ministry with Mark Rohanna And other people like that Vanessa Fallon, the Fallons, the Rohannas um, Different families, um, Kogan you name it, they were all in, in, that, in yeah. that group, had a lot of fun. And, um, but music was always a big central part of it for me anyway, in the church or, you know, whatever we were doing, music was, was number one.
0: Did you do any musicals? When you were a kid yeah, growing up?
1: Yeah, we did. Well, just besides stuff that we did at school. I mean, I grew up in the era at Bridgetine when we did our own stuff. Like, teachers were or organising their musicals for us. We, we would just do them ourselves. Yep. And, um And then that particular group, uh, we did Godspell at the Seymour Centre mostly i think we did some stuff down at just trying to remember the name of the theater group i've got the name of the theatre yep. group we're involved with but we did godspell we did tempting isn't it we did, we did a few different shows around the eastern suburbs and most of the time mostly i was involved with the backing vocal helping out backstage on mic but helping the people on stage vocals hmm.
0: Now, did you have any personal aspirations to try and give showbiz a go? I know it's a difficult industry mm-hmm. as a performer, or yeah, or just to supplement your income.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually, my was very it something first you job. always
0: wanted to do? Like, did you want to? Did you go right? I want to be a singer, and that's it.
1: No, not, no. It was um, the, my first love. I think was teaching. Right. What happened for me was. At St Mary's, Maroobah Bay, the church, the school that we went to, my mum was very involved with it, and every week we'd do the masses. And my sister, elder sister Bernadette, would play the guitar, and she went on to Bridgetine, and I was in, I think I was about nine, and mum said to me, you're next, you know, you're it to play this year's, you know, for the masses. So I learned, you know, C, A minor, F, G7, and I had to play, you know, the folk songs of the day, Hero Lord, and Fill My House, and all those folk Uh, folk music songs and and so when I left year six I I did that for a couple of years when I left in year six I had to come back and train the because the younger ones play one or two years below me so I was in year uh, seven at Bridgetine, and I would come back um, in the afternoon after school and start guitar lessons so that was my very first job and (laughs) I went from there to uh, started doing loads of other uh, little classes at that particular school. Then I went on to St Bridget's and I did that, and then I would have private lessons, private students in the home, along with my other brothers and sisters that were doing yep. the same. So people sort of knew our house. We were, we lived in Popplewell Place, South Coogee, and people knew our home as the musical home where you go and learn yep. guitar. Or or we didn't so much do singing lessons back in those days. It was mostly guitar but it was guitar for accompaniment for the singing. Mm. So it was always about, they were always hand in hand for me. It wasn't, I wasn't sort of learning it to become a virtuoso on guitar or to be sort of be a solo guitar player, nor a solo singer. It was always about, I think music has always been about connection and about togetherness and doing it for a purpose, whether that be um, um, providing the music for a, for, um, uh, the church or a service or a concert or whatever but it was always about doing it with other people that was always my thing so I don't think I had personal aspirations of being like a solo artist or anything like that I've never had that kind of feeling about it it's always been about helping others to yeah bring out the best I love organizing concert just being part of it just being in the middle of it being in the thick
0: of it you've you've basically answered my next question (laughs) Yep. I was gonna, it was going it would have been a perfect segue but that's okay just coming a little bit closer gabriel how did you go about setting up the gabriel johnson's music business which you which you've yeah. got now yeah, well, I guess um, and which is very successful i encourage any parents out there that want to give their kids a start in life as a muso or as a singer, get in contact with Gabriel. She'll give you all the details at the end of this podcast. Yeah, who encouraged you to do that?
1: I guess it was it's sort of like um, it was a return, really, to, to what I had known um, when I was a teenager. And I, I, I just also wanted to say that what it went from that kind of thing into doing, singing at weddings. We, did, we sang a lot, a lot of weddings back in the day, like... Um, from age about 13 to my late 20s, the mainstay in terms of, you know, uh, a job, part-time job. So then I went off and did, uh, had a career in like public relations, and I did. Um, well, I first started out secretarial work, and then I went into more sort of the marketing area in, in 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 corporations. Then I got into graphic design, and I worked for many years at ACP, graphic designer on magazines. <clears throat> And that's when I met my husband Neil and uh, we were married in 1998 and we had our first child in 1999 and who she's now 23 and so but when they went to primary school they had nobody there to do the choir yeah and they had no really had no music teacher at the school which was a bit hard for me (laughs) to sort of sit back and just watch that happen so I said to um, I think that was like the sports mistress was uh, doing the choir or something like that and doing the best she could she was such a fabulous lady and um, but I said do you want a hand and it went from there and so I, I started training that choir the OLA choir we we went to the Sydney of Stedford and we did a whole lot of great stuff performed in the local shopping centers and you know got the kids involved and I uh, started guitar lessons there uh, Rose Andre was the principal at that time and she's now the principal again
0: no no Rose very yeah. very well I hope she's watching this yeah, podcast Rose. too <laughs> hello Rose call out for Rose
1: So um, she was very kind to me, giving me the use of the hall there at OLA, and that's kind of how Gabriel Johnson Music started. And I I guess I had a ready-made crowd of um, of people. And in in terms of, uh, I had a lot of kids from that school. And then um, after school care came in, I couldn't use the hall anymore. So Father John Hayes, the the principal uh, the parish priest of OLA, allowed me to use the parish centre, and that was in 2013. And I've been there ever since the consecutive uh, years, since 2013 to today. I was there today. Um, there every Saturday, um, bar school holidays and things, but we're there every single week. And we've been training kids since 2013 in um, uh, vocal... Um, I call them vocal performance groups because I think... Um, I, yeah, I just think... It's it's about what what's the goal at the end of the day to get these kids confident in some way so that maybe when they go to school, you know, uh, and they get up and do a speech or something like that or have to do something in front of the class, they've got some sort of sense of confidence. Yeah, and,
0: confidence mm-hmm. has always been probably the most important thing as a performer. But have you found in the, like in just in, in the people that you know, people that are normally very confident on stage can be very shy oh, in person?
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, not, it's I mean, strange, isn't it's it?
1: Not, it doesn't always work, but I know a lot of really great, I mean, fantastic performers on stage who are just light the stage. And yeah, when you meet them backstage, they're incredibly humble, they're incredibly shy. It's a good combination, really. Yeah. It's a good combo, yeah.
0: So you were talking about the guitar. I know you teach guitar, mm-hmm. you teach, obviously, there's vocal coaching there.
1: Yep, ukulele. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, now that was the mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. instrument. Mm-hmm. What is like, – I know what a, a ukulele is, right? Yeah. But tell the people out there, what is it? It's a little well, – I know it's a little guitar. Yeah. And well, it's – and I think it stems from – didn't it come from Portugal originally? Yeah, it was a traditional yeah, Portuguese does. Does. Everyone instrument. Everyone
1: thinks they're Hawaiian, but they were – it was originated in Portugal. There is a four-string, a nylon-stringed instrument that is shorter, easier to play. Only having four strings, they give that sort of. I mean, back in the day it was sort of mostly used for islandy kind of sound, Hawaiian music. It was, you know, Elvis Presley songs or.
0: That's where I yeah, yeah. Blue Hawaii, anyway. and I remember there was a Brady Bunch episode. Mm. I think it was the one when Greg Brady, Greg Brady, falls off the surfboard. <laughs> and you got there was there were some Hawaiian girls that um, they were on the beach and they were playing that instrument. How do you say it? ukulele? Well, ukulele. I
1: think, uh, I, ukulele apparently is is one way you can say. it. I always say ukulele, yeah. but ukulele is apparently the,
0: the. Yeah, and that that was. I remember seeing that instrument. I go. It just looked like a dwarfed uh, guitar.
1: Mm. It's a small yeah. guitar, I guess, if you like. I have a I have a, an instrument called a guitar lele. I've actually played it at open mic, which is a six-string ukulele. So it has the bass strings. It's uh, the bass strings of guitar plus the nylon strings of the ukulele, and it's tuned to ukulele. The thing about the difference between guitar and ukulele, besides its size and its number of strings, is its tuning. So it's tuned t- differently to a guitar. Is it making a comeback But Is it, oh, is it getting popular well, out thanks there? To, I think there were three main artists I can think of that, I think Billie Eilish is one of the biggest ones. And well, she, she's the biggest yeah.
0: female singer in the, on the planet at the moment. Yeah,
1: she's fantastic. And uh, she, she well, she did a lot of songwriting. She, she actually, I think she, I think I remember reading something that she had written songs using the uke. And the other one was uh, Vance Joy with Riptide, of course. It's a huge, yep. huge, huge hit. And Jason Mraz is another yep. one that um, that uses ukulele. And now I think a whole lot of people are starting uh, to use them. I love them in particular. We have um, for for young kids. I think they're portable. You can carry them around. You don't have to learn. I mean, you, there is a way to hold them, but it's um, you don't have to necessarily sit in a chair like you might or be more stationary with guitar and be more conscious that it's a bigger instrument. You know, you've got a longer stretch, you've got six strings, you, you can't always strum all six strings at once, whereas the ukulele you, you would strum all four strings at once, things like that, so there's less to sort of think about and so you can get straight to the, to the, to the music quicker. And the other reason I love it for kids or anybody really is that when you, when you tune a ukulele, you can strum it and it's an A minor 7 chord. And so you can actually create songs without having to know, you know, place your fingers anywhere. Mm. So if you've got simple songs, just one chord songs, you can play them and kids can get that sense of satisfaction right up
0: the Well, front. they say if you, if you know four chords on most instruments, yeah. you can play Millions of songs. Millions of songs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, at your musical school, do you have staff that are specifically trained for those instruments, or is it like someone like yourself? You, you're, you know, every single instrument you can tutor all the kids.
1: Yeah, well, we we just we at our place we do guitar. I focus just on guitar, singing, and ukulele as the instruments that I offer. But we also all of our teachers play do all those three things. Our singers, guitarists. Uh, but they will specialise. Solomon Steele, for example, is a brilliant guitar player. He's a
0: brilliant singer too. And a
1: good singer. Um, he started out as more of a specialist guitar teacher. I have another teacher called Rick Blackledge. He is more of a guitar. He just does, just does guitar and ukulele. Lily Lindsay comes from the very, very talented Lindsay family. Maria, Her, her um, mother is Maria Lindsay. And she has, I mean, they are well known in our area as as uh, classical musicians and you know fantastic Mm. musicians so uh, Lily plays keyboard and uh, she also can play the guitar and ukulele Uh, but they have but Lily's more specialized in vocals Solomon's more specialized in the guitar but they will do all of it and that's what I look for when I'm when I'm looking for teachers because it's um, you know it's it's at the end of the day what do you want out of that we want to be able to like some kids come to our school just to learn singing some will come just to learn guitar but at the end of the day a lot of them learn both because then as a singer I think you I, I know some singers who are brilliant singers but they've never learned a musical instrument my biggest regret yeah right it there is you go. So I sort of like to offer at least I'll, and, and I get a sense from them whether they'll probably go more towards keyboard or more towards the stringed guitar. and they'll generally have a preference. So then we may help the singer to, if they want to learn, we don't necessarily offer piano lessons as such because that's a whole other a whole other discipline and skill. that's not my you know specialty. So I could probably employ a piano teacher, but I'm keeping it more about uh, playing for accompaniment as well as uh, for particularly if it was keyboard. Guitar, there's, because we have more specialised guitar teachers, there's more of that. There's more specialisation in guitar. But with keyboard, it's, um, it's sort of like playing chords, being able to accompany yourself enough so that you're, you can sing. You can deliver
0: the song. You mentioned Solomon, which goes in my next question. I first met Solomon at the open mic.
1: Yeah, he helps me out.
0: Yeah, so my next question is, let's talk about that platform, all right? Why did you want to start that open mic platform?
1: Mm, That's a good question because I think... For tweens
0: and teens. What's a tween?
1: A tween is someone uh, who is not quite uh, like around 10, 11, 12.
0: Primary school, right?
1: Yeah, high, uh, high... uh, upper upper primary. Yeah. 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 So
0: what was your motivation for that?
1: Uh, just to give kids a vehicle to uh, perform, but outside of what they would normally, like outside of the school arena, outside of their music school arena or uh, area. Um, it's a live venue. It's yep. cool. It's it's something that kids can sort of aspire to. They can see, well, what's what, what would it be like to play in a club? Not just on a stage, but in a club where there's people who are going to walk in off the street.
0: That's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And people can come. I mean, patrons of the club can come and watch them. Um, they can invite their family and friends. And also, it's about networking. So, there's just that there's just the aspect of them getting better at what they do but there's also you know particularly I think the the older ones the ones that can make friends and sort of get together by themselves if they want to on the weekends like if they want to um like we get guys who come along that are that are singers that may be looking for a drummer maybe looking for a guitar player and hopefully team up so it's a networking opportunity. Mm. Team up, maybe form a band, or just make friends, like-minded friends, and certainly get some performance chops. Just to and the other thing that we we do is I help uh, some some of the kids. Will I'll ask them to MC the event so they can get those skills as well, and maybe and uh, Solomon can mentor kids with the sound and stuff like that as well so there's a few aspects of it so this is sort of you know and, and in time what I'd really like to do is get some industry people along and you know as it it just needs to develop numbers we just we just got to get the numbers I think
0: in, I think in time it will because one thing I noticed with it is it gives kids confidence you're not getting judged by judges I remember there was a time when my my dad would, I'd get in the car my dad and he'd take me to all these different talent quests all around Sydney oh yeah. I go to Wentworthville Marconi Club, St George Leagues Club, Cronulla Leagues Club. Must have done about honestly over a hundred talent quests, and there was always about eight, eight to ten contestants.
1: Bernard King sometimes was the judge, was
0: he? <laughs> oh, no, I, had, I had ones worse than him. And yeah. it, you'd get they'd pay you right. You'd get paid for it. It was like sixty. I think you get you do about three or four songs, mm. and they'd pay you sixty dollars. I think it was. I was going to a lot of the paid ones, and if you won, mm. you get an extra forty dollars on top of that. So it turned into a hundred bucks, right? right? Now I never won a talent quest because they were always going for the musical theatre voices, right? Ah, right. So I didn't fit that sort of what they were looking for. I was more of a cabaret singer with with uh, with an attitude. <laughs> so um, love it. But what <laughs> happened was. My dad would encourage me to say, Adrian, don't worry about these judges. He says, a lot of them are has-beens or they're, they're, you know, don't worry about it. He said, what I do is I listen to the crowd. Mm. And if the crowd like you, you win the crowd over, that's when you know you're doing okay. Yeah,
1: good advice.
0: So, yeah, I didn't really take much notice of the talent. Quest. I actually won my first talent quest on a cruise ship. Right. Yeah, which was incredible. Years later, on, uh, on the Diamond Princess... And um, that was that was that was a real good one because it was there was a lot of international acts on that and they were pretty good. So it was like an idol. Right. And back and like back then, all you would do is you. I think you win a, a travel bag as the first prize. Now it's a three thousand dollar. You get three thousand dollars now. So I wish I won it now. But yeah, it's what I love about the open mic is it just gives you the confidence to perform. You're not getting judged you give every performer a chance to get up again so if they're not that happy that if they didn't perform well on their first you know their they're, first little yeah. gig they get back up again yeah. and they can uh, improve but yeah it's just – and and you're very encouraging
1: oh good I yeah, hope and so. you you
0: don't come across <laughs> I hope I, I I hope I don't get criticized for this but one of the you know the show idol and what is the voice and oh yeah, yeah. my Criticism, and I don't watch those shows anymore, is just the... I find the judges are a little bit... They can be over-nice, sometimes patronising at times. One thing I've, I noticed with you, Gabriel, mm-hmm. you come across as natural okay. and genuine. Okay, and that's well, a good. big thing. Thank you. Big thing in show business. People would appreciate that.
1: Yeah, oh, that's good.
0: So my next question, what is your vision for these young performers?
1: Mm. You mean open mic? Or yeah, like- what,
0: what, what, what would you like them to get out of this
1: oh that's a good question i
0: mean some of them might want to go on and become entertainers and yeah. work on
1: yeah. cruise
0: ships or work in six-star hotels who knows but yeah
1: belief, what, what I, do you want, look I want them to uh, have good a belief in themselves you know i want them to get to feel that they can achieve something that what they're doing is worthwhile to understand that music connects people that you know that they can do it a sense of achievement so yeah i'm not really into you know making household names i'm not one of those myself it's not about it's not about all that i think if they want that that's great and some may well go on to to doing that but the the reality is that most of them won't and that's okay but if they can i mean maybe what they may go on to do is work in different spots but be be a, a a music lover You know, Mm. they may be someone one day who may decide. I don't know. They're sitting at in in a company they're working for, and they may look more favourably on the arts because they've had that experience. So, if we can create, if we can create more people that are like that, I think we'll. You know, it'll be that'll be a great outcome.
0: Music's one of those things, and I mean this. I've seen you get these you get older people that are suffering with dementia mm. things like that yeah oh. and music
1: Yeah, i'm going to just cry make, now makes cause...
0: them forget about everything i've seen yeah. it firsthand i know you know you, you put a song on yeah i know with music for me i could be feeling depressed or upset about something and i put on a certain song and it just bang mm. sparks me yeah. up i feel great yeah. and not it's... many things not many things do that
1: i know it's fantastic it evokes
0: emotions
1: it does, and if they can understand how to do that and appreciate how hard it is, next time they see, I don't know, Celine Dion or Ed Sheeran or someone on stage and understanding the amount of work that would go into one single song, let alone writing that song, yeah. performing it to the level that they perform it to night after night after night under the pressure, and the enormous social pressure that they're under, to all sorts of things, to understand a, just an inkling of how hard that mm. is and to really appreciate the art and the talent, I think we can do, you know, job done.
0: Right. I'm going to ask you some personal questions about your musical tastes now. Mm. What are your five favourite <laughs> single performers of all time? Oh,
1: no. Oh, look, I'll just name them off. People I love. I grew up, I grew up listening to James Taylor. Yep. I love. Great choice. I love the band America.
0: Great choice. You got good taste. <laughs>
1: um, I love um, some female artists. I've, uh, the, if I could ever say the the female voice I would love to have would be Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. And I love. Uh, who else do I, I love? I love the Eagles, the Beatles. They were all my influences and in, and in all the bands that I grew up. Playing and likewise, and and wanting to wanting wanting to be like Joni Mitchell's and other, you know, love her her quality in her voice. But also because I I was a I was a part of a sister act. We were the Smith Sisters, Mm -hmm. and so anything with with really great tight vocal harmonies, which is probably why I love the Eagles so much because they were a guitar band with vocal harmonies that just to die for. So. They would probably be one of my all-time favourites.
0: Yeah, they'd be my top three. I'd say yeah. Beatles, Chicago.
1: Mm. Doobie
0: yeah, Brothers. And, and Eagles.
1: Doobies. Doobies are up there for me too. Beach Boys. There's so many of them. We just grew up with the best music, I reckon.
0: Oh, did we what? If only this generation <laughs> was around in the 80s. 80s music, 90s music absolutely <laughs> just destroys the music of today. It's diff- different level. But then again, you know what I mean. It's like every, every every era has their music. I suppose my parents were probably saying music in the 60s and the 50s was better than the music in the 80s. But I just think we were lucky. We were
1: lucky. The 80s I, was. I
0: think the 70s. 70s was good too. I was 70s. I was young enough to remember yeah. the 70s. Yeah. I was born in 1970, so yeah. Yeah. Next question. Favourite song of all time. You right. can tell a lot from someone's <laughs> favourite song. We were talking about this earlier oh, on. Oh, I'm
1: going to say, I,
0: I don't. know you're going to ask me this
1: question. It's really impossible to actually answer it, but if I had to be pinned down, I might say Fire and Rain by James Taylor. There you go. Okay. And what do you think about me after that?
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to go through the lyrics and, and try and work out the oh, meaning of the... Oh, don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Imagine doing that for a lot of those um, Carole King songs. Oh,
1: yeah, Carole King, another big, big influence, yeah. huge fan. Beautiful album. writer. Beautiful songs. Yeah.
0: And uh, Cat Stevens.
1: Oh, the best. It's how I learned. He's piano. He's right up there. It's how I learnt piano. I got out the, for, uh, I think it was uh, one, of, one of his albums. I have a, I still have the music uh, book today. And I sat there at the piano and I, Wild World and uh, Sad Lisa and, um, oh, all those songs. And he was songs. a beautiful guitar player oh, too. amazing voice. Oh, mm. my God, his voice. Good to hear him. I follow him on Facebook now. He's, he plays all sorts of songs.
0: I want you to tell me what music you don't like.
1: Uh, what music I don't like? Oh, You're not keen on. I'm not ke- I guess I don't. There's certain music I probably don't relate to, would be kind of the heavy heavy metal style music maybe. But I was talking about this with um someone today and they said uh, and they they said to me um yeah but if you have ever gone to a heavy metal concert you you get a different idea hearing it live so I said okay I'll that's the thing with music I'm open to all of it I don't close my mind especially as a teacher you can't just have a favorite style all the time because you have to be able to accommodate all sorts of styles so you become a little bit I don't know what's the word selfless in terms of how you look at music.
0: The the music that you listen to also changes as you get older too. Like, I'll give you an example. I never listened to Pink Floyd when I was growing up. And then later on in life,
1: Mm.
0: the the lyrics of Pink Floyd made sense to me.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, so it's... Great music. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I remember that album. What was the album, the the one with the um, triangle?
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You're going
0: to... Side of the Moon? Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that was the biggest-selling album of all time. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. not one of those mainstream bands that people go, oh, Pink Floyd, it's all on the radio one all the time. Yeah. But you sit down, in the right environment, it's great music to listen to. Absolutely. Now, this, this is a question I ask every, every guest that comes on. If there's something you'd like to change about yourself, Gabriel, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I'd like,
1: oh, I'd like to be a better singer. I'd like to be a better singer and I'm working on it. I have a really good vocal coach that I've, I've been taking lessons for three years and uh, I would, I, yeah, I, I could improve that.
0: Are we going to get you up in the future <laughs> on open mic to sing?
1: I'm still working. Sing on a song. Oh, yeah. Well, I have, I have sung a couple of songs.
0: Well, there, there, there could be a return. I might go back into Bobby Darren mode <laughs> and I might do a, we might do a duo.
1: Hey, would well, that be good. I'll yeah. do
0: that. I think we might end up doing it. I'm thinking about a good song, would be Things. Mm.
1: Things, I don't know
0: if I know that. Hey, you have to sing a couple of bars. Every night I sit it by my window. You remember that song? Ba, da, 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 That's it. Don't know the words. She back. knows the song. Yeah, anyway, we'll it means it. if Gabrielle can change, which means I can change, which means you can change, until then. Don't take any shit from anybody, and we'll see you next podcast. Thank you. Bye.
1: Thanks, Adrian.